0: Here's a newsflash. Surprise, surprise. Well, wow, look at you. The whole world is watching for my next move. Oh my God. Times have changed. There are no rules.
1: You're going to love it. Hi, and welcome to Skip Intro, the podcast from Binge, all about the world's best television. Each week, we're here to discuss the biggest news shows on Binge, along with our dinner party recommendations. My name is John Bowen, I'm here with Ali Herbert Burns, and together we look after all the great TV and movies that you see on Binge. Ali, we try not to do theme shows, but then we keep accidentally doing them. And today's theme seems to be like Irish and Scottish people traveling abroad.
0: Oh, I was wondering what you were going to go with. Have,
1: have, Have I stretched the theme too far?
0: No, I just I love this. I love this game we play. Unplanned trivia at the beginning because I yeah. <laughs> I know what we're talking about today. I've watched and I still had no idea where you were going with the connection. That is very true. We have a beautiful film called After Sun and we have men in kilts. So two Scottish people this time travelling around New Zealand and After Sun, the film is set in Turkey. So yeah, yeah, both very different but really looking forward to talking to you about them both.
1: Cool. Well, shall we head to a Turkish resort for a bit of After Sun? Let's do it. Think you'll ever move back to Scotland? No. Why?
0: There's this feeling once you leave where you're from that you don't totally belong there
1: again. Don't you ever feel like tired and down and feels like your bones don't work, like you're sinking? Hmm. We here to have a good time, eh? Written and directed by Charlotte Wells in her feature directorial debut, After Sun stars Paul Mescal and Frankie Corio as a father and daughter on vacation. With BAFTA and Oscar nominations, critics declared it one of the best films of the year, and it's now streaming on binge. Ali, this film is a little hard to talk about plot-wise.
0: If we talk about it too much, we will give it away. So I think the things to point out about this film, I agree with the hype. The fact that people are saying it's one of the best films of last year and it, it was heavily nominated and praised it stayed with me afterwards like I really sat with it and thought about it like I do when you spent time with a novel and followed characters like I just had to sit at the end of the film and let it wash over me I felt I was really moved by it and I think Charlotte Wells's approach in the way that she's shot this and created it and crafted it is understated but exceptional I think you know her work as a director and it is is really special and for those that might not recognise the name, Paul Mescal, he would recognise the face from his starring role in normal people and some really, really impactful performances as well. He was nominated for the Oscar for Best Actor for this film, wasn't he? So Yeah. Yeah, some really strong performances.
1: It's definitely got a sort of indie art house vibe, but it's still incredibly accessible because it is quite a simple story. It's just a father and daughter on vacation. It's set in the 90s. So the daughter's using a camcorder to record all these sort of moments and memories. And the film itself, I guess, thematically does touch on memory and what you can recall from your youth and all those kind of things. But it's beautifully short. The setting is stunning. I've never been to Turkey, but. Looks amazing. The film is really just built up of those sort of beautiful small moments. There's no murder. <laughs> like, this isn't White Lotus. They don't find a murderer on the beach or anything. It's just these, like, beautiful moments between a father and daughter at a really interesting time in their lives. The father, Paul Mescal, is just turning 31, and the daughter's just turned 11. So it's kind of a unique... Age for both of them, obviously young father. They're mistaken for brother and sister at one point.
0: What I liked about this is it's, I think, Indy's a good point of reference. It's the filtered light. When you look back on a holiday, when you look back through a, a photo album of photos. Predominantly what you're seeing is the daughter's point of view because she's often the one holding the camcorder up so you're seeing a lot of her father but through a shonky camcorder recordings. It looks like someone's put it through an Instagram filter in terms of like a sepia yeah. old photo. So it's not it's not shiny and bright. It's a very simple but profound story and the simplicity in it makes it look easy but there's so many layers to it and I think you could almost find notes and clues as to what's going on and it's some really great music. As you said, it's set in the late 90s But a really great kind of British soundtrack, which also just does a lot with the emotion and and how you're left to
1: feel. It's not a spoiler because probably one of my first introductions to this film was seeing a TikTok on A24's TikTok of Paul Mescal doing a dance to Under Pressure, which I've had on repeat for the last few days since watching this film. And watching that scene just out of context on social, you're like, oh, this looks like fun. But then seeing it in film is devastating. But there's so many ways into this. We're so thrilled to have it on Binge. Critics have adored this. It was in top 10 lists all last year. There's been critics calling it, you know, the best film of the 21st century. There's a million reasons to watch this film. And there's also a sort of ambiguity to it. Like Ali said, I think we can all kind of take our own thing from it in a way you know it doesn't sort of hit you over the head with a necessary point of view but i think there's something for everyone in this whether or not you're a father or a daughter or you've had that kind of relationship like you said it's i think it's going to stick with people please watch it it's very good so yeah after sun is streaming for you right now on binge
0: you know i want you to know that you can talk to me about anything as you get older you know
1: done it all and you can too Outlander stars Sam Hugan and Graham McTavish return for another season of their travel series Men in Kilts. This time, the Scottish duo explore Graham's newly adopted homeland of New Zealand.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, Sam, you have to see this, mate. First sunrise in the world in New Zealand. It's so good. It's fantastic. Uh, everything about this place is just so... Yet again, I find myself sitting within feet of you. In a very confined
1: space. Yes, it's quite disturbing. But now you live in New Zealand. I came here for The Hobbit. Oh, there's uh, hobbits here. Awesome. Ali, so a lot of our listeners and binge viewers right now are going to have a little Outlander-shaped hole in their heart. And I'm so thrilled that this show has come back for a second season to fill a little bit of that Outlander gap in people's TV viewing.
0: Yeah, so this is effectively travel guides with the two guys from Early Outlander in it. It's not a drama, it's got nothing to do with kind of dramatic television. It's literally two friends that met making a TV show. Originally the first season travelling around Scotland and now travelling around New Zealand.
1: It is a serious bromance. These guys love each other. It's adorable they, to see how invested they are in each other's lives.
0: And that's what I was going to say. You know when you watch a show and you follow characters and you wonder what they're like in real life and then when you see behind-the-scenes pictures, sometimes it ruins it because you're like, oh, I just you'd imagine it was the characters. But they're, you know, very close in the show, kind of re- related and, you know, lots of love and respect. You can tell that these people spent years working together and have genuinely become really good friends. That The New Zealand connection is strong. Graham's yeah. now living in New Zealand because he was over there filming The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings. Just and fell
1: in love with it. Fell
0: in love and moved from Scotland to New Zealand. So it's super authentic and they do a bit like in Top Gear The guys hang out and do car tricks. Sam is always pushing Graham to match his adrenaline junkiness. So they're doing zip lines and abseiling and you're seeing Graham dealing with heights and being freaked out and Sam just pushing him, which is also quite comedic. It's like, a funny bromance getaway like it's
1: yeah super fun it's so disappointing when you hear there's like behind the scenes drama or something on a show where people hate working together because you can see it on screen even if they're acting and now to be in the second season of men in kilts and be like it's so cute that these guys became best friends because of outlander so
0: don't you find like i feel like sam outlander was so popular and he's done a few films and he's in a romance this year i think called love again and There's an upcoming horror comedy he's starring in as well. He hasn't kind of had a major breakout moment after Outlander. And I just getting to spend a bit more time with him and see more of his character rather than the very famous role of Jamie that he's played in Outlander because that show's been going for several or eight seasons. So he's been so strongly that character in my mind. So every time he's breaking character and you're really seeing him, I'm really enjoying it because I feel like you're getting a much better sense of them both. But for Sam, especially. Yeah.
1: yeah, there's a little bit of an age difference as well. The first season, I guess, was a bit more thematically linked to Outlander in that they were two Scottish guys going around Scotland, which is where Outlander was filmed, but the chemistry and everything was just there that second season. Now it's just a travel show. It's just it's really fun. And it's
0: Top Gear, except without the cars, they're driving around in their Winnebago and they can go anywhere. They'll go to Canada next. They'll go to India. Like surely they'll just keep going.
1: Yeah. (laughs) But also as people who don't live too far from New Zealand, I did just watch this (laughs) being like, I want to go back to New Zealand. So even just from like a pure travel show, level it's it's great as well yeah
0: totally it's really fun really light and like you said if you're a fan of outlander you'll love getting a better sense of the guys but if you've never watched outlander it's just a cool travel show
1: it's just a really cool travel show yeah so new episodes of men in kilts are going out each saturday on binge and we will have the very final episodes of outlander sometime next year but they are coming right How high is your highest line? A hundred meters tall. A hundred meters tall. Yes, I heard him. There may be no return. Yes! (laughs) Why, humans? Yes, loser! You're rubbish! Oh! Beautiful. And why are you wearing a towel again? Oh, that's right, because you fell in. Because I got in.
0: John, we're at the stage in the pod where we give our dinner party recommendations, hidden shows, insider tidbits, things that we should be discovering on Binge this week. What have you got for us?
1: Well, I fear I'm reaching a certain age where men get really interested in like engineering.
0: <laughs> I said I said to my husband the other day, we're getting to an age where our neighbors' houses for sale in the street, my back sore. <laughs>
1: Yeah. TikTok serves me up lots of like videos about like mega bridges, huge <laughs> tunnels being built and how complicated and expensive you're, they are. You're on
0: a slow train to somewhere.
1: Yeah, yeah. Which of course meant I was very excited when this week on Binge, we added Mega Metro to the collection. <laughs> is this about the Sydney
0: train tunnel? It is. Oh, it really? is. It,
1: yeah. So as someone who's very personally invested in this because... I will live near one of these new metro stations if it ever opens. This is a four-part doco that looks at the building of the Mega Metro. For those who maybe aren't in Sydney or Australia or don't pay attention, <laughs> this Sydney Metro is the biggest public transport project in Australian history. It's costing $63 billion. I didn't know that. Um, really? Yeah. $63 And apparently it is like the biggest rail project in the world right now. It's just overtaken something that's happened in Paris in terms of like scope and cost and everything. So we are getting a very, very fancy metro system in Sydney. We need it because public
0: transport's not the best. So that's good.
1: And it's going to do a bunch for congestion, but it's also the first time, and this is where like, the engineer nerdiness in me comes out. It's been decades since they've built a tunnel under the Sydney Harbour. Mm-hmm. So obviously we have a tunnel now, which is just for cars, but they're building a new one for the metro. And it is an enormous task, as you can <laughs> imagine, building a tunnel underneath a harbour. Mm-hmm. And they've actually they've had to change plans halfway through. The tunnel was going to go one way, now it's going a different way. Why? Why? planning
0: (laughs) because I think Um, the Sydney Harbor tunnel, when you drive through it, it actually, it's amazing. It sits on the bottom of the Harbor. Like that's why there's a bit of a a dip. It's not kind of suspended. So I did wonder with the train, you got to go down a long way to then, Yeah, I think they've
1: they've got to go down like 90 meters or something. But yeah, it was going to go, apparently it was going to be easier if it went one way, but then they figured out they could like dig deeper and go a more direct way. Hmm. But yeah, it's fascinating. And it's almost like just watching it, documentary about like the Olympics getting built or something like it's all these people coming together from all around the world they're all experts in their field because you like have to be an expert if you're going to build a tunnel or a train or something like that so yeah it's kind of just also just really cool seeing all these people from around the world come together to do something amazing and also they're building it in the middle of Sydney while everyone has to still work and live and operate around it the traffic the building has been annoying but so many challenges
0: who's made it it's kind of cool that we're getting it before what we get why are we getting the show before we get the tunnel is like, uh, this yeah. like government is this government propaganda or
1: no no i th- i think it was like like a uk australian copro thing because people just love watching documentaries about mega construction projects well, it's, a, um, it's
0: a train people love trains and they love engineering projects so you're right it's yeah. a double whammy
1: and I think just because it's such a big deal, a couple of years ago I watched one about the Elizabeth line, what mm-hmm. that got built in the UK, which was like the first big new addition to the tube in in decades. So yeah, if you love that kind of stuff, it's a really great watch. And yeah, hopefully soon we get like a season two or something with it, with it all <laughs> with it all opening and me having a much better commute to work.
0: Somebody cutting a ribbon. Yeah.
1: Yeah. What's yeah. it called? Mega Metro. Mega Metro, but we've also got, we've got tons of engineering stuff on like a, abandoned engineering and plenty of train docks. And as I get into my old age, you know, <laughs> it's nice to come home and watch a documentary about a, a tunnel being built <laughs> for, for a whole, a whole being dog.
0: We yeah. are so raging. Okay. In yeah. the, we don't have a theme, but we do. I've just realized the theme for my recommendation, which is great pottery showdown, which of course is about, engineering through what you make with your hands. So maybe that's how I think. So if you're a fan of Great British Bake Off, I suggest you try Great Pottery Throwdown. It is a competition reality series where amateur potters come in (laughs) kind of using clay to make their creations. It's sweet and kind and it's not vindictive or backstabbing. I've got a beautiful collection of people that come together to make the show and compete and often in really picturesque small British villages, and it's just like a big warm hug. So we've just, yeah, we've got that starting on Binge this week, don't we, John?
1: Yeah, we've got all all seasons of it, and season six, which is the latest one, is is rolling out at the moment. If it is even possible, Pottery Throwdown is somehow sweeter and kinder than even Bake Off yeah. because <laughs> there's just something about potters. They're a unique group of people, but they also seem like just an incredibly lovely group of people as well. And one of the judges sort of famously wells up at the drop of a hat <laughs> uh, so every episode you kind of are just waiting to see when the judge will start crying over a vase or something that's been made yeah. but um, it's very yeah kind. it's a very it's, sweet show it's very
0: kind and heartfelt isn't it and sometimes when life's a bit tough or there's a lot going on out there it's very sympathetic and kind
1: and the, the, the payoff is also really cool to see because they go to all this work and then once it's finally pulled out of the kiln yeah it's lots of fun Pottery is so fantastic. You witness the transformation from clay to something of beauty. Pottery gives me a sense of achievement. You put a bit of your soul into it. This week on Skip Intro, we talked about the new film After Sun, we discussed men in kilts. I recommended that you check out Mega Metro. And Ali reminded us all that a new season of The Great Pottery Throwdown has just started on Binge. All of these are streaming on Binge, which, of course, you can find on your favourite device. I'm John Bohm, joined every week by Ali Herbert Burns. Thank you so much for listening. This podcast was produced by Dan Barrett with audio editing and mixing by Chris Yates. And we'll be back next week with more Skip Intro.